when the sun rises I wake up and chase my dreams I won't regret when the sun sets Cause I live my life like I'm a beast This is the Sales Mall Podcast Your hosts, Jerry Hill and Ryan Reiser Talk about the sales game And always keep it real Hilly, we are uh, finishing up a, a quarter, mm-hmm. a pan, the full pandemic quarter, yeah. as we call it. Yeah. 100 uh, days of lockdown, baby. And uh, I think there's a lot, a lot going on, lots, lots to talk about here. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to hear from your perspective some of the things that, that we're seeing right now that maybe a consequence of a fundamental truth that we all believe in sales, which is pipeline. Pipeline is, is, is lifeline. Pipe is life. Uh, and I think now more than ever, uh, we're starting to see some of the impact of not really truly focusing on always having enough conversations in your market to get through something like this. I, I, I'm just curious your thoughts on that, right? If right now we're struggling, um, we're finding ways to try to eke out a deal, or I guess this was yesterday because we're, we're now a day after the quarter, but we're, eke, we're trying to eke out deals, we're discounting, we're doing things that probably don't feel right, or taking deals with customers that may not be the great customers right now just to hit a number. Those things happen all the time, but what are, you, what are your thoughts on what that might be looking like today? If 50% of your pipeline fell away overnight at the beginning of March and you work on a 60 to 90 day sales cycle, which is common for a lot of point solutions slash vendors, and you're in the middle of a cycle and you've never had to be told to prospect in your life before and your company culture doesn't allow for it, but your number hasn't shifted, then you're going to do bad things at the end of a quarter. And bad things include things like discounting. They include things like really extended terms. They include things that most CFOs and chief risk officers would tear their hair out on. And it's about churn. Fundamentally, you're like, are you writing business that creates churn? Um, are you writing business that could potentially lead to your job demise? You know, there's a huge amount of job risk for a lot of leaders right now in particular. So I think that, you know, we've come through a very dynamic quarter where a lot of people have been put under pressure in the way that they've never been put under before. And it all comes back to a basic sum. Our pipeline fell away overnight and we didn't have the function to continuously continue to prospect our marketplace for a variety of reasons. One, budget. Two, education. Three, mindset. Four, leadership. Culture. All sort of basketed together in a perfect storm of corporate myopia. And I think that a lot of companies have suffered from that. Quite interesting, I reckon. Like, I don't know if you saw this, but my pipeline pre-COVID, a lot of people deferred decisions. And then we had a post-COVID pipeline where people saw an opportunity and were able to execute quickly and, and were the gamblers. I reckon I only ever would have found those people because I had an opportunity to speak to a lot of people because our culture in the company that we work for enabled that. Whereas so many of our peers across industry at our job levels at full cycle, 
probably didn't have that opportunity and were too scared, too timid because it didn't fit with how their, their leadership wanted them to approach the market. There's a lot to unpack there, right? Uh, I went, you know, I went I think off on a horseback ride. Uh, <laughs> well, I think another one, you know, you throw the a good old FUD in there, the individual FUD, right? And that, that, that fear, uncertainty, doubt. Um, but if you go back to March, uh, I think we're all experiencing this at some point. You know, what is this thing? I don't know. And as the weeks progressed and shelter, shelter in place came in, you know, there were those three buckets you, you talked about, right? You know, are you going to throw your head in the sand? Hopefully this thing blows over. Guess what? It's not gonna, it's not going away anytime soon. Are you going to take some time to be strategic and figure some stuff out? Maybe this is where you can go and look into your pipeline and say, you know, what, what types of deals right now haven't necessarily been impacted? And in fact, which ones may have an, uh, an opportunity uh, to do more now, right? Uh, with do more with less, or um, you know, actually execute on what we've been talking about now more than ever because those existed. And then finally, uh, you know, who's out there that's actually doubling down and trying to sell through this? And that's where um, you kind of you see you saw those types of mindsets move forward, and then you put into those other free four areas that you put in there. There's there's both the culture of the organization. Uh, and the mindset of the organization and and the reps. I mean, I've got a buddy that works at a public company, which I will not name, um, that literally the CEO said, we will not sell right now because it's not, uh, it's not, uh, it, it makes us look desperate trying to sell the people in this, you know, in this environment. And this is a public company. Uh, and, you know, they offer software, right? It's like, the 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 application that they the the, the systems that they use the, the actual technology that they deliver is selling into environment with people that have been impacted and in fact their their competition is eating their lunch right now because they they just stopped their entire outbound sales force um, and 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 they haven't gotten back it, they haven't gotten back to going outbound because they keep waiting they went they were back in and then the riots happened so they pulled back again said it was insensitive yeah, what does I that think, mean um, what does that I don't mean know. because you have a duty of care you have people on comp plans you have people with livelihoods at stake on variable compensation inside of your organization how do you plan for that? How much of that eats into your balance sheet? Your customers start to wonder if you're losing relevance because guess what? If you get your messaging right and you don't lead with the fake empathy that we've seen through Corona with a compelling message about how somebody can improve a situation and help them navigate it, help their customers' customers, you've got a duty cycle to your customers. And I just can't personally get that mindset that... You know, you've got a duty cycle to your customers to help them be better at something. And, and if you're not willing to execute on that and put that message into the market, then you're being negligent as a CEO. You're not being responsible. You've got staff, employees, shareholders, investors, customers, customers, customers. That whole duty cycle anchors around big public companies. And if they're not willing to go to market just because the macro situation's a little bit fuzzy, I'm sorry, guys. I wouldn't want to put my money into that company's stock right now. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's happening in a lot of organizations, 
you know, we do we do have the, uh, I guess, pleasure, um, <laughs> the unique opportunity to be able to really talk to more people than most. And, you know, it's, it's like clockwork, right? You can do the math, math, math never lies. And you've got the different personalities out there. It shouldn't shock us, right? You know, you've got, you've got four basic personalities. You've got the fighters, you've got the detectives, you've got the counselors, you've got the um, entertainers. And when you connect with people, just their personality alone will tell you a lot about their mindset. Uh, That's not always the case. But, uh, you know, in, in the case of the crisis right now, you do have folks that have uh, really um, put a lot of excuses out there as well, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So well, let's what just I mean take by a look that, that, let's just you know, take a look at that HubSpot data, Ryan. You know, you and I have spoken about it a lot recently. Mm-hmm. You know, 70% increase in sales sent emails from 70,000 of their customers globally. So it's a mm-hmm. big data set. Minus 30% response rate in the US, minus 31 response rate in the UK. In the computer software industry, the HubSpot services, minus 21% response rate to sales-generated emails. Right? Why do sales reps do it? It's easy. I don't have to look you in the eyes or hear you on the phone. I can just write the email and send it out and on the wings of a prayer, hope that you're going to respond to me. Well, <laughs> the software they're using, that, they don't, that, even, they don't that, even write it. They just press the no, button and it that, sends that, automatically. That's not, that, that's not continuous pipeline building with continuous <laughs> business improvement, with continuous <laughs> learning about your market. And everyone wonders why pipelines are going into decline if that's the first channel of choice for salespeople. Well, look, I, 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 I'll be the first one to admit that when all this stuff hit, <clears throat> I was a little rattled making some calls. Yeah, I was too, man. You know, like, hey, I... I is it is it okay for me and and i you know i'm privileged uh to be able to work from home and work for a software company and not have to be at risk and things like that um is it is it is it okay for me to be calling people and I, you know seeing if i can help them well that's the first question that i you know had to ask myself and and because i answer it with you know in my statement is can i help them like that's a different mindset than most other people because I've always lived by lived by that rule of solve a problem or go away. And when you unpack, you unpack a lot of that, right? It's important for me to do my job because my job allows someone else to do their job, which creates jobs, and that's what we need in our economy right now, right? That's just a simple fact. Right? Sales generates the economy, and you have to be able to help. And you know, I I was prospecting pretty heavily. Uh, right at the end of March and into the beginning of April, um, made a couple adjustments into my ICP targeting, you know, con- computer software, software CEOs um, looking yep. for signals of hyper growth. And lo and behold, in that time frame, I, I engaged with and landed, um, you know, on a customer who just so happens to be wanting to double down on this right now. And yeah. He's now a customer. He's already made three referrals, a whole bunch behind it. He works with a ton of agencies. He's got over 200 customers that he's trying to bring this to now. That one account, that one account of the other 200 people that probably told me other bad things, that one yeah. is likely going to be half my number or more uh, for the year. Yeah. And you know, it took it took it took me 
getting out of my head and just going through yeah. and working through we, we, the nose. We, we saw some stuff, right? Like, you know, big Matt Forbes, biggest guy in the world, resilient, massive personality, loves the phone more than anyone I know. He hated those first couple of weeks shelter at home, you know, and he lived inside the connecting cell weapon harder, longer than anybody, right? And, you know, he didn't execute the quarter that he anticipated because his numbers fell off a little bit. You rebounded with Resilient, got through it, found your next best customer who looks like they're going to be on a channel opportunity or an OEM for you, right? So, you know, like, here's the mistake about prospecting. Keep doing it because you will find somebody in market that is ripe, relevant, ready, and excited about how you can provide value to them, regardless yep. of the macroeconomics. Yep. You know, and, and it's, it's an excuse. Right. Generally, anything's an excuse. I posted on LinkedIn today about self-limiting records, not necessarily about the global macro that we're in, but this idea that systems of belief inhibit your performance. And in sales, right, here's a really common one for pipeline. It's I'm not going to prospect on a Friday afternoon because everyone's going to have left the office early and be in the bar specifically common in the UK, or I'm not going to call on my market at the end of the quarter because they're too busy doing their own stuff. Guess what? 13 people yesterday at Connect and Sell booked 26 meetings on the last day of probably the worst performing quarter in economic history. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that that sort of then how do we connect that to pipeline? Well, you know, interestingly, I've just finished reading Jeb Blount's newest book, Inked, which for me is a development on top of the negotiation book that we all love and know, which is Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. Chris Voss is awesome. I love it. Some of the things that he talks about are practical in an application. Jeb Blunt takes it down further into how you can be a brilliant negotiator in a sales environment today in the way that people buy. And one of the things that stood out in that was if you as a sales rep or an individual contributor are surrounded by abundance, as in you have a lot of opportunities, gives you a position of strength from which to negotiate. You don't end up in that sham end of quarter cycle where you rush the discount because guess what? If you lose one of your opportunities out of your funnel because you're not willing to concede terms or somebody hasn't seen maximum value from what you position with them, there's something else there to replace it, right? And, and people will become better salespeople if they put more premium on their pipeline, principally because they'll be practicing higher quality discovery. They'll be practicing higher quality discovery more frequently. They'll be executing their proof of value, whether that's a demo or a test drive or a proof of concept, faster and more of them. And then lastly, they'll be getting more practice to, to be in the commercial conversations at the end because guess what? They will take more people through their maths of sales funnel. And, and if you're in a brilliant position where you can walk away from deals because you're not desperate to execute, you're going to be a rock star for the rest of your career, all put in that foundation of being able to execute high-quality pipeline faster and better than anyone else. It's surely common sense. Or do it we makes think a, about it, it, it far it, too it, practically? It, it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I, I, uh, I always go back to Jeb's, uh, is it 90 day rule? Is it called 30 day rule? Uh, you know, what we're doing, uh, what's happening to us today, these 30 days, right? Is an in, is, it's, it's, it's a function of what we were doing 90 days ago. Right. Yeah. So this end of the quarter, that that push in June right now is because you weren't doing anything in March. Yeah. 
And guess what? There's going to be a whole a whole swathe of leaders that are impacted by this right now that are going to churn out. And I think you've got some evidence on churn in a minute. But, you know, I reread The Four Disciplines of Execution by Franklin and Covey over the weekend, mm-hmm. right? And for me, it's one of my favorite overarching management books, not necessarily a sales book, but it applies to revenue in a way that I hadn't thought of before. Every company needs a wild goal, right? A wildly important goal. Mm-hmm. You frame all of your go-to-market around the importance of that wildly important goal, and you focus on the lead indicators, not the lagging indicators. At the moment, everybody's going to be looking at revenue, and they're going to be panicking on revenue, and they're not going to be thinking about what do we do today to overcome that so that in 90 days' time that we found a way out of the problem. It's simple. as lead indicators equals revenue density at the end of every quarter. You know, and I guess, you know, you know what I hate about that right now love and hate about it is that everybody's focusing on the wrong even lead indicator when they realize that right because the lead indicator outside of revenue that everyone seems to discuss is meetings yeah meetings to me are bullshit uh they are they are a metric that we need to track but honestly it is about conversation conversation right because if you if you have a skilled professional doing the prospecting right if i have a call i'm the professional salesperson proactively calling the ceo and i have a 10 minute conversation with that ceo because he had a few minutes and i didn't book a meeting i probably got more out of that 10 minutes cold call few questions current state with the future follow-up than setting an appointment that didn't happen right yeah. And that conversation is just as good as that intro meeting, right? They now know who I am. And when I follow up, we're going to move forward. And, um, and then the quality of the conversation as well, right? Uh, the, I know there's a different tactic we deploy at connect and sell when you're using an inside sales model, passing off to, uh, an AE, but you know, if you're an AE or sales director, you're responsible for full pipeline development. The only thing that matters, uh, the only thing that matters at the top of the funnel is conversations. Going back to your email piece, uh, you know, sending a bunch of emails, getting nowhere isn't going to do anything. Do you want to be, you know, doing activities or do you want to be gathering information, building awareness, going back to Blunt again, right? Gather information, build awareness, yep. set an appointment or move a deal forward, right? Those are the only things you can accomplish with a call and in conversation. Uh, most of that's not happening and, and, and it starts with conversation. You have good targeting conversation. And uh, that's the leading indicator that no one pays attention to. They don't have an answer to how many conversations are, is my team having every day? Mm-hmm. How many proper conversations? Who are we talking to? What's happening in those conversations? What are the outcomes of those conversations? The outcomes, the only outcome that they might track is meetings, but that's one of many, right? And the learnings from those conversations will help guide your go-to-market in a way that will like, it's just unbelievable. You learn things that you would, you wouldn't even know, right? Is your message hitting home? Are you even talking with the right people in the right industry at the right time? What are the, what are they, what's their world look like? What's the why? And forget for a second that your people get better as a result. I actually like to think about that as where can I make those incisive and insightful pivots in my go-to-market so that I don't end up in a end of quarter revenue issue. Right. I think a lot of people stay the course because they simply don't have the scale of learning on offer that a conversation first go to market can offer them. 
you know, if all I'm doing is harvesting information from proxy measures like read rate, response rate, forward rate, and I'm not actually getting evidence that's functional, tactical, empirical, and statistical from a conversation approach, I'm neglecting where the market is headed and I'm unable to predict where the market is headed because I'm not getting those signals back in real time. And if I was doing anything to avoid some of the revenue issues that would have been confronting leadership yesterday, and I was starting from a clean slate today, I would be looking at driving phone effectiveness above any other channel right now. Well, that, and then let's, let's take a look at, you know, what else you learned from actually proactively getting into an organization, right? So there's the conversation with the intended target. There's also the insights around what's happening within that organization. So is the person even still there? Yep. You can send emails that are delivering all day. They're on social. It looks like they're still at the company. Yeah. Shocking, shocking truth. Looking at our data, right? We have incredible amount of insight into the dispositions of every single attempt, not just conversations. Also, if a phone call did not result in a conversation, what happened? Did it get to a direct line voicemail? Did it get to a voicemail through some sort of path? Was it, uh, were we blocked by a gatekeeper? Was there a problem? someone left the company. Was there a problem? The number's bad. Was the person in another location? All sorts of different data, right? You don't have insight into really what's going into an organization unless you're talking with people. And even if you're not talking with people, analyzing what's happening in those, again, those conversations. Our data is showing in the month, I, 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 I double clicked into this because, you know, uh, James Buckley was writing a little piece on, on phone data and we have the prospecting path forward going around like what's going on. And we saw this really interesting phenomenon happening where reach or dial to connect um, was, was actually up for a period of time um, uh, right after COVID. And then it started to plummet. And we're tracking this from mid-March through um, every two weeks and we're comparing it against the recovery uh, but yep. also also what that same data looks like year over year same two-week period just to kind of look at a trend and interestingly enough it's like all right we start to make a, a hypothesis well people are getting laid off there's furloughs there's all these things that might be happening why reach started to go down right why is it harder to reach people data decay well it's really interesting because i can click in and, and look at ours and i look at the the data from this is mid-May to mid-June. Right? It was the 15th of May to the 15th of June. So this is a pretty important period if you're if you're on the fiscal quarter. And uh, we're our target audience at, at Connect to Sell is always uh, sales leadership, right? And there's some other you know folks around that, but it's mostly sales leadership. And uh, if you look at the percentage of of outcomes that are a result of problem, person left the company. There was a 57% increase year over year on that particular disposition in that month period. 57, 57% change in that disposition. Now, that's a percent change. But what that means is because of the amount of data, right, the amount of data that we have, um, you know, that's, that, that, that's, that's a function of a few hundred different people that had turned over, right? And you just, you just mentioned this earlier before the call for it jumped on, you said this, this week alone, what you, you had three of those in your own in a row connects in a row, right? Yeah, I had some wicked data to connect on 
a, a list that I was running last week, and the next three conversations, I heard it three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, right, was, sorry, I'm no longer with the company. I'm no longer with the company. I'm actually job seeking. One lady actually said to me, if you'd done your research on LinkedIn, you would have known. And I said, I don't do research on LinkedIn before I call people. I just call them. And then the conversation <laughs> turned into what are you looking for? And she was like, head of sales role. And I was like, one of my customers is hiring for a head of sales. He wants to be connected. That relationship would never have happened inside of email or LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. The opportunity for me to actually help a complete stranger by connecting them through to somebody that's able to help, help with the situation. Now, she might never take a meeting meet from me again, but guess what? I just enhanced their career opportunities because I'd had a conversation with somebody 50 calls earlier, late, earlier in the week who's now running a project with me who's looking for a head of sales that fits her profile. That all happened with the conversation. But the, the, sh the, shocking, the shocking amount of churn um, in sales leadership is, is, is challenging. But see, see the, the thing is, you know, having that information at our fingertips is interesting, right? We, we, uh, we can see these things and, and identify trends. And that's a trend that I don't think we were thinking about. I wouldn't have recognized that no. right away. I have been looking into why our dial to connect has been a little bit off. I mean, yeah. uh, it's, it's went down a little bit. I'm, you know, I've been running on some sessions and you can come up with all, again, all those reasons why not to continue to prospect. It's harder to reach people. It's always been hard yeah. to reach people. What are you talking about? Yeah. You got to put in a little bit of extra work, but it's harder to reach people. Okay. That just means you got to work harder. Now, the good thing is in this time frame, if you can reach the right people, we're also we're seeing conversions up. And conversions yeah. are up. Yeah. They so are. so positive outcomes and co conversions are up. Um, so it's really interesting uh, when you think about the power of the phone first or conversation first or actually trying to engage with the target customers. Right. We yeah. talk about you target companies. You're selling to the people. But if you're not proactively actually having conversations within those organizations, you're not gathering relevant information and you're just wasting your time trying not to bother them. And it's quite interesting. I, th I, th I think there are some people that are willing to absorb insight at the moment as well, by the way. Like I called a guy a few weeks ago, sits in the CEO office of a semiconductor company. Why would a semiconductor company ever want to speak to Connect and Sell, by the way? Right. It's not how they go to market. He said, you know, our guys do big deals, licensing deals, and it's email first. And I said, well, how effective is the email channel being for you right now? I've got data that says it's completely grounded. And he was like, yeah, you're right. And I was like, well, you know, and then we talked about prospecting path forward. I think the key point is there, though, that companies need to sort of find ways to test new market hypotheses to see whether or not there's value for them in an adjacent channel or a different customer profile at the moment. Because if your existing revenue core is shrinking a little bit because people are shedding out of those companies and those companies' risk appetite for your propositions is in decline, you need to find ways to explore. Explore, seek, learn, search, and then execute. And Again, going back to your publicly listed story at the top of this conversation, I worry for the companies that don't have a science first mindset right now. It's going to be challenging. And, uh, you know, I think it could be fun. It could <laughs> be fun, right? Here's the other thing, right? If I look back on where I started my career, you probably started around about the same time. It was through the last Great Recession. Uh -huh. You know, there are a lot of people that are coming. 
right in the heart of it, right? There are people who are coming into the industry today who've got an opportunity to get an absolute MBA, a business learning lesson at the start of their career today who are going to come out of this as the next leaders, that next step change. You know, we had Challenger. Whatever the sales literature is that this recession spawns, there are going to be people that are caught up in the eye of this that are going to be the next best leaders. And those are the people that are going to approach this as a challenge and a fun challenge. Not, oh my God, things are bad are happening to me. Why me? And if I think about my, my peer cohort in 2008, the industry let blood. You know, the order takers, the the, the relationship first salespeople, the, you know, I own a big territory salespeople. They died on the vine. It was the people that were willing to go out, graft, endeavor, not necessarily be liked, but actually come at things with a different perspective that, that won the battle. I think there's going to be another evolution that, that we spawn today. And it's the people that approach this challenge as fun, not as a chore that will probably execute better than anyone else. I think that's a really good ta uh, point to, to, to land this conversation on today because that was going to be my transition statement here on, hey, if you're working for a company that doesn't get it and you want to be, you want to be more scientific, you want to let data <laughs> tell the story, uh, don't use that as, don't use the company as an excuse to not do what you know is best. Uh, to your point, getting out there and doing things that are uncomfortable and maybe even not seen by what you think leadership thinks is appropriate. Um, hey, when, what's the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? You know, if you get terminated by closing business, someone else is going to swoop you up. And, you know, again, I graduated in 2008, entered the market just before the crisis really hit. Took me about three months to get my first sales job, was hired by a $50 million funded startup backed by AIG. AIG. Yep. Was doing pretty well for about six weeks, getting ramped up, learning Salesforce, hitting my ramp quotas, getting these deals in the door, and boom, government pulled the funding. It, overnight, our entire team was laid off. Lost my job. World was burning. World was burning. What am I going to do? It took me three months to get this job, and now everyone's, now everyone's getting laid off everywhere. One week later, I had three job offers. Exactly, man. And then the rest is history, right? Went in, built my career uh, at a search yeah. company and, uh, you know, pounded the phones and made some money. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. So don't let the organizations, if you're an individual, dictate your success. We all know, we all know pipeline is our lifeline. Pipe is life. Go back to those fundamentals. Get out there and have conversations. And uh, the bigger it is, the less worried you'll have to be. Um, yes, shit will happen. We all have those deals fall through, but that's why you have to have a few more behind it um, to find success. Yeah, hey, totally agree. Pipe is life, and I don't think it's ever been more important. I'm not going to be myopic enough to say that there's one channel that will exclusively work, but the evidence at the moment is indicating that email's just dying. Um, social's over-indexed and a bit of an echo chamber. Um, we're seeing evidence of that. We're seeing that gifting is running at a deficit because people's budgets on that hybrid of marketing development pieces is, is sort of under threat. Um, ABM probably has a massive 
massive sort of play for a lot of companies who can who can target the enterprise but i find i find my last sort of point on this is i find that actually there are a lot of leaders who aren't exposed to this that are now seeking out insights and expertise to help solve the problem so if people want to start thinking about being much more evidence-based in their outbound about how you can actually solve a problem for somebody that's struggling today and apply that emotionally to career and professional risk i think they're the guys that are going to win Yes. By the way, we're not saying email actually does work if you have a conversation first. Yeah, if you have a conversation, have a conversation first. first. If you have a conversation I, I, first, people will read it. People will respond to it. Yeah. Like people will connect on connect people will then connect on LinkedIn and they will continue to engage with you because they now had a conversation. So evidence of today. I called SVP for a major software company publicly listed. Never heard of me. Asked me to send the email. Wasn't quite ready for the meeting. He got the email. He booked the meeting. That's right. If I'd sent him the email, I'd have been buried down in a spam filter somewhere. I probably wouldn't have been read. I probably wouldn't have been able to draw his attention to the fact that I built a connection with the guy. That's one example out of my day today. And I get one of those every day right now. And on that note, we'll end up this session. This one was Next. a bit runty, Ryan. Next week, it was a bit cross. Next week, we'll, we'll we will teach you <laughs> how to run the triple through the song. Yeah, this is the way we run the triple, run the triple, run the triple. The triple. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm I'm Have excited. a good week. <laughs> Cheers.